With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Newt News. Our second episode today is brought to you by Tracy's Karate. Uh, My name is Sandy, and sitting with me are Andrew and Gravy. We've got a super excited and packed show to get into, so let's get started. Before we jump into our draft, we're going to talk about a quick bit of news. Pablo Lopez was traded from the Miami Marlins along with two prospects to the Minnesota Twins in exchange for American League batting champion Luis Arise. Yeah, I thought this was a really interesting deal. My initial reaction was definitely that the Twins got fleeced. Um, I think Arise is the more interesting player in this deal. I think he has a little bit more control left as well. Correct me if I'm wrong, but Lopez only has two years. Is that correct? Arise is a little bit younger, um, but I'm looking at these guys' baseball reference pages right now, and I've seen a little bit of Lopez, um, you know, kind of secondhand rooting for the Marlins occasionally. Um, and I think he's a good pitcher, you know, but I'm not sure he, you know, would, would kind of get that return. I do see that the Marlins trade or like threw two prospects in here. So I'm taking a look at those guys. Neither of these guys are super interesting right now, though, kind of both lottery tickets. I know they played at the lower levels. Uh, Byron Churio seems like the more interesting name to me. I think he's Jackson Churio, uh, that super prospect with the Brewers. I think he's his brother. Um, let me check, double check that real quick. I mean, both yeah. these guys are just really young. Churio's only 17, signed out of Venezuela this year. Uh, apparently, he projects as a decent offensive player. I don't know why the Marlins are shipping that out then. You'd think they'd want to include more pitching depth in that trade, but my initial reaction was that the twins definitely got the better end of this deal. They got some high, like high upside prospects back. Um, so that's pretty exciting. I know the Cardinals, a lot of Cardinal fans wanted Pablo Lopez as a potential pitching depth piece. Um, he projects good as a strikeout guy. Um, and that's kind of what we're looking for right now because a lot of our pitchers are ground ball inducers. Personally, looking at Lopez's injury history and some of his like numbers, he doesn't strike me as that interesting of an upgrade at any position, really. He would probably slot in as our number three starter, but I feel like with Montgomery and Mats and Michaelis, we have that pretty much covered, and we don't really need another guy like Pablo Lopez in that mix. What we really need is a top-end starter, um, maybe a young guy like Jesus Lazardo could potentially be a good option, but I think his value just increased a little bit because the Marlins did lose a bit of that pitching depth. Well, I think the Marlins have, you know, they have like 12 MLB ready starters. They've got guys in double A right now that should be probably knocking on the door of the majors. It's such a long gem there, but I do think, yeah, you're right. Lopez is one of the less interesting names that they have. I'm looking at his baseball reference page right now. Last year, he had a great first half, but he really tailed off in the second half. It looks like he pitched to a 3.75 for the whole season, um, 10 and 10 record, 32 starts, 180 innings pitched. So he was healthy um, for the first time in his career, struck out about a batter per inning, which is good. But yeah, you're absolutely right. I'm not sure how much you would really upgrade this staff. And it looks like we would have had to give up 
a talent on the level of Nolan Gorman or maybe even better to land him. The Marlins had a really high asking price. Uh, I, heard also, Lars New- I heard Lars Newbar was one of the main guys they were looking for in a trade for Pablo Lucas. So, like, honestly, that's just not what we would want to give up for him. And I think the way I see Pablo Lopez is he just seems like a, you know, third to fourth starter in a rotation. And I feel like we have a lot of those guys already, like Miles Michaelis and um, like even Wayno is like verging on that territory now too. Yeah. Uh, I don't think he would have been a good fit for us. So I'm kind of glad that we didn't um, lose an asset like Newtbar or Gorman uh, to, to get him. Absolutely agree. Yeah, earlier when I said that I preferred the uh, the Twins end of the old, no, I, I did not mean that. Sorry, I think the Marlins definitely got the better end. That was a um, mistake on my part. Um, I think Arias just brings so much to this offense, and he's kind of that gap to gap line drive hitter, and that's really going to play at Lone Depot where the Marlins are. So it's really tough to hit the ball out of there, um, very deep. Also uh, playing at sea level, some people would say that has a pretty big impact on things. Um, it projects as a pitcher park almost every year, you know. Um, the offensive number there is generally lower on the OPS, like those park adjusted factors. Generally, um, you get a boost playing there. So just really hard to hit there. Um, I think kind of an average guy like Arias is going to be a great fit for the Marlins. He's really going to help that lineup out. Could lengthen it a little bit, but I still don't think they're anywhere near contending. Yeah, I, I agree with that too. And I think with the banning of the shift to Arias, is just going to have another great season. I yes. just, like, it, you're right. He's like a more of a batting for average guy. But um, I do think he extends their lineup quite a bit. Um, I can see him hitting in the two or three spot for them alongside, uh, let's see, who are the other people? So I guess it's uh, Chisholm and uh, Segura. Yep. So I think that's a good move for them. Yeah. The lineup is still really lacking a lot of power down there, though. I mean, you do have Soler. Um, if you think he and Avisil Garcia are going to have bounce back years, there are some interesting names down in Miami. Um, and then obviously you have kind of your star duo now with Arias and Chisholm, but there's still just not a lot there offensively. After those guys, you have a lot of guys um, who were, you know, sub 600 OPS guys last year. They've got some young, interesting names. JJ Blade is still there. Jesus Sanchez, um, De La Cruz. But unless any of those guys take a really big step forward, and then you probably still need more help from the upper minors. Losing Brian Anderson was really tough for them. I think, I don't know, Garrett Cooper could be another decent bat this year. But outside of them, I just really think the Marlins are far off from contending. They really need to trade some more of that pitching depth. They need to acquire some offense. All right. Awesome. Let's get into our draft. So for all of our viewers here, um, this draft is going to be of Cardinal players from the 21st century. So we're all relatively young. We don't really remember or we weren't alive for most of Cardinals history. So while we should maybe one day do a draft of Cardinals from all time, um, we're just doing focusing on the 21st century for today. This, the winner of this draft will be decided by a poll on Twitter. So if you're on Twitter, follow at Newt News Pod, just a shameless plug. Um, but yeah, whoever gets the most votes will win this draft. We are selecting 12 players, the eight main positions, uh, the catcher, infield, outfield, and four pitchers. That would be two starting pitchers and two relief pitchers for this draft. Um, and we will get back to you real quick once we decide our draft order. So we just ran our random generator and Sandy has received the first overall pick. I will be going second and Gravy will be choosing last. Sandy, you are on the clock. 
Uh, I think first overall, if you're not taking Albert Pujols, you're crazy. I'm going to draft Albert Pujols and his incredible seasons here in St. Louis. All right. I actually disagree with Sandy. I am very glad that he took Albert Pujols because I get to take my first overall pick at second. That is Yadier Molina because, I mean, supply and demand, right? At first base with Albert Pujols, you got other options. You got Goldschmidt, you got Matt Carpenter, even Matt Adams is a good pick at first base. But a catcher from the 21st century, you're really left with nothing at catcher. Like you have Wilson Contreras. No, this squad played a single fun. game in a Cardinals game. Production from Pujols any day of the week. I got my three MVPs. I'll take it. But like, who are you going to take a catcher, Sandy? We'll be fine. You're going to take we'll Mike Matheny? We'll get there. We'll get, like, we'll get there. No, no, we'll get there. We we'll get there. Let's keep going. Gravy, you're up. All right. Yeah. I mean, those, those two picks, we knew those were coming. Um, so I have to prepare for this. I'm going to say, um, I'm going to build my infield first. So I'm going to go with Paul Goldschmidt as my first overall pick. Wow. Okay. So you leave me with. Well, Gravy goes back to back now. So he's up yeah. again. True. You're leaving me. You're, you're letting me take my first baseman last. Wow. Okay. Interesting. So you guys can't take another first baseman. So I get to pick last. Okay. That's great. All right. Yeah. Awesome. Not if you can play somewhere else. That's true. That's true. And uh, so for my second round pick, I think I'm going to go with Arenado. I'm just going to build as best nice. infield as I can. Goldenado. Goldenado. Yeah, you got the two MVP candidates from last year. And it's very, very respectable picks. But man, I got to say, you really let me have it. You let me have the battery. I'm, I'm taking Adam Wainwright as my ace of my rotation. Wow. It's a solid pick. Got to respect it. Um, let's see. For me, I've got the next pick then. Oh, my goodness. Already got Pujols off the board. Hmm. I think I'm going to have to also go with a starting pitcher here. I'm going to snag Chris Carpenter mm. for my starting rotation. Um, I mean, he should have won that Cy Young. He was dominant in the 2011 playoff run. I think Chris Carpenter uh, is looking great. And then next up, I'm going to take Wilson Contreras. Leave Gravy out in the cold with no catcher. Um, I think Contreras is going to have a great career here. Obviously, we have to go off the numbers he's got with the Cubs already, but he's shown to be an elite offensive catcher. The defense might be lacking a little bit. He's no Yachty behind the plates. Um, but, you know, he's got a couple all-star selections. He looked great last year. High OPS plus. Really happy with this so far. Yeah, really good pick. Um, Contreras hasn't played a game yet, but I really don't think you're going to find more value in any other catcher um, mm -mm. that we've had this century. So. I think that's a that's a really smart pick and with my eighth overall selection i'm going to take my left fielder i'm going with matt holiday uh, matt holiday was around for the 2011 run of success and he was just kind of a mainstay until what was it 2017 when he like had that magical final at bat where he hit a home run oh yeah opposite field like he's just a cardinal through and through and i think he has to be my pick at left field he's very re representative of the cardinal way for sure He's one of my favorite players of all time. Um, so for, for my ninth overall pick, I think I'm going to go with Jim Edmonds. I know this might be a controversial pick. Oh, I love it. Um, he's just in his, in his, uh, in his prime, he was just one of the best hitters in baseball for a long time. And, um, and even though he might not be the best announcer these days, I think he, he's <laughs> up on the field. So I'm, I'm a big Aaron fan. Goldsmith. Yeah. <laughs> 
All right, for your wraparound? Oh, yeah. So, ooh, okay, with the 12th pick, I think I'm going to start uh, pick up a starter now. Um, we're going to go Lance Lynn as my starting pitcher, my ace. Okay. All right. That's a, that's a good one. Uh, Lance Lynn definitely uh, mainstay for a long time, and he's found even more success after he left the Cardinals, which is a little bit unfortunate, but yeah. that's what we like to see. Hmm. This is tough now. Um, there's not a lot of options at some of the positions that I haven't chosen that, I, that I'm really comfortable with. I think you guys have done a good job cleaning the board for the rest of it. I know I said earlier that you guys let me pick my first baseman last, but actually I'm going to go back on that one. I'm going to take my first baseman now because I think one of you guys might snag him in a different position. And I'm going to take another Matt. I'm going to take Matt Carpenter at first base. Oh, interesting. I like that. Um, there was that run of success that he had in like 2018 with the salsa, the magic salsa. I remember he was hitting a home run like almost every day in August. I was so fun to watch. And I remember he lost the home run crown to a, to another guy who I think we're familiar with now. But at the time, I was like, I really don't like this guy. He plays in the hitter-friendly park. Um, and he passed Carpenter. Like, that's not fair. Matt Carpenter doesn't play in a hitter-friendly park. And that guy is actually Nolan Arenado. But, um, yeah, we love him now. So it's all good. All right. Well, for me, there's a couple tough decisions here. Okay. Um, in my pre-draft research, I found that Willie McGee, who is going to be my center field of the future, he, uh, his career ended in 1999. So I could have captured that 1985 MVP as part of my squad, but that's okay. Um, we're going to go to someone I think you just missed big on, Andrew. We're going to snag Scott Rowland as my third baseman. Um, so really loving this infield that I'm building right now. I've got Scott Rowland, Contreras, obviously Pujols at first, um, you know, Carpenter on the mound. And then we're going to stay in the infield. We're going to move over to shortstop. And we're going to take the guy, I think the best one on the board, Edgar Renteria. Um, incredible piece in some of those runs in the early 2000s, big part of that team that won hundred games in 04 and 05. Um, so yeah, Edgar Renteria for my wraparound pick, sending it back to you, Andrew. Yeah. You got an interesting one with Renteria. I actually did not consider him. He was not on my draft board for shortstops. Uh, so that was an interesting one. I know I'm not as familiar with the 2000 to like 2005 era of Cardinal baseball because I was like a child. So um, he received MVP votes in two seasons with the Cardinals. He was big. Yeah. I, I think I, I missed out on, missed out on that one on my draft board entirely. Scott Rowland, I'm completely fine with you taking because there's another third baseman that I'm very comfortable taking last. Um, I think you guys know who that is, but I'll save it for later. Um, for my 14th pick, I'm taking my shortstop. That is 2006 World Series MVP, David Eckstein. I think he's a really good player. Um, pesky, he'll be my leadoff guy um, for my lineup. And I think, yeah, David Eckstein was just a really, really good Cardinal. Uh, part of that, I think the first real devil magic guy, you know, the devil magic flowed through David Eckstein in 2006. Yeah, I, I really like that pick a lot. And I was actually planning on taking him with the turn here, uh, but you, you snagged him up first. But let's see here. So with my 15th pick, I think I'm going to go with Larry Walker, um, the right fielder. Yeah. And I was uh, about to ask, I was going to ask, like, can we use Walker? Because he was not a Cardinal for the most of the time, but, you know, Hall of Famer, legend. Yeah. Career, great, nine, great career, 965, so career 965 OPS. And Snags. I mean, he, 
he was elite for most of his time. Um, so I'm going to pick him. And then with the turn, I think I'm going to go with the second baseman here. Um, we're going to go with Colton Wong. Man, you took him. No, That's... I had to. I really wanted Wong on the team, but um, yeah, I guess it doesn't always go the way you want. So shout out to our sponsor, Tracy's Karate. Thanks for making this show possible. Tracy's Karate has been serving the St. Louis community since 1969, specializing in private lessons for effective self-defense instruction. Private lessons allow Tracy's to teach anyone. Focus on your personal goals and learning style. You can also try out a free half hour private lesson today. Call 314-822-0555 or visit tracys.com, T-R-A-C-Y-S.com. Then the phone number is 314-822-0555. Thanks so much for making this episode possible, Tracys. I know some of these guys personally. They're really awesome. Uh, if, you, if you're in the St. Louis area and you want to give a private lesson a shot, it's a really great opportunity to learn some self-defense. Thanks so much. Okay. Um, for my next pick, hmm, this is going to be tough. I think hmm, I'm going to take my closer or my first reliever. I'm going to take Jason Mott. Oh, great pick. Because he was, yep. like, of course, you have the iconic shot of him closing out the 2011 World Series. He closed out the 2012 NLDS Game 5, which is one of my all-time favorite games. He actually got in at bat, and he struck out. Um, <laughs> that, was, that was pretty funny. Um, but yeah, Jason Mott will be my first reliever off the board. Well played. Well, for me, going in the same vein as Gravy, perhaps on a technicality, but he did pitch the final season of his career here in 2009, um, where he was honestly a league average pitcher. We're going to go with Hall of Famer John Smoltz. That's right. He was a Cardinal 2009, one season in St. Louis. I'll take him as the second member of my rotation after that Larry Walker sneak attack. Um, and then I'm also going to go with my closer, another Jason, but the superior Jason in the mind of most Cardinals fans, Jason Isringhausen, mm. uh, really building out this pitching staff. Really, really love what I have here. So, All right. Um, hmm. I think I have to take another outfielder. My outfield depth right now is just Matt Holliday. So I would, I would like another outfielder off the board. Another one of the 2011 guys who I'm going to stick in right field is Lance Berkman. He had a lot of really clutch hits in that 2011 World Series, provided a lot of value. He was only here for a short time, but he was always going to be remembered as a hero for some of those big moments in the 2011 World Series. Yes, I love that pick too. Um, okay, I think for my last outfield position, I'm going to pick Fernando Tatis. And he was, uh, he was a left fielder, played for us, I think, in 2000, 2001. Um, and, you know, such a big name there. Have to take him. Um, and then for a reliever in my turn position, um, I think I'm going to go with Rick and Keel as my reliever. Interesting. Interesting. And Keel, uh, you can have him as a hitter too, I guess. That's pretty exciting. You know, yeah. Um, a little bit. It's just, um, could, could you clarify which position you're taking Fernando Tatis at? Because you have oh, a third that's... baseman. And yes. you have a left. Are you taking him at left field? Yeah, yeah, I'll take him at left field. Um, and for Rick Ankiel, um, he's definitely my reliever. He was a much better uh, reliever than he was a hitter. 
if I remember correctly. I would agree with that. Although he had some decent seasons in New York. Well, for me, um, let's see. That means I'm missing one more reliever. I'm missing a second baseman. I'm missing my entire outfield. So I'm going to go with Cardinal Hall of Fame. It's my pick, Sandy. Oh, dang it. Don't do this. (laughs) You didn't say it. Um, For my 23rd pick, I'm going to take one of the best defenders I've ever seen um, utility-wise. I'm taking Tommy Edmond as my second baseman. I think even though he's probably going to see a lot more time at shortstop in the near future with Nolan Gorman coming up, I think Tommy Edmond is still like, he's, he's just a Cardinal. Uh, another one of those devil magic guys. One of those guys came out of nowhere. And I think uh, at 23, I'm very comfortable with that pick. A great pick. We love Edmonds versatility. Uh, he's really going to rack up a lot of value in the field as well. Well, for me, I'm going to go um, with an outfielder here. I believe I'm missing my entire outfield at the moment. Um, we're going to go with Cardinal Hall of Famer Ray Lankford. Um, his appearance with the Cardinals was mostly characterized by his time in the 90s. That's when he hit a franchise best 123 home runs at Bush 2. Um, you know, he also had almost 40 war in his time with the Cardinals, but he was here in 2000 and in 2004 after a brief time away from the Cardinals. So uh, we're going to go with Ray Lankford, who actually won his uh, red jacket finally recently, long overdue, I would say. Um, and then with the wraparound, I'm going to take my second reliever and I'm going to snag Ryan Helsley. Um, his season that he just had was one for the ages, really, really special stuff. I think, you know, everyone, everyone in Cardinal Nation is excited to see what he's going to put together um, in his encore campaign. So I think that bullpen now with Isringhausen and Helsley and then, you know, Schmoltz and Carpenter the rotation, I'm feeling great about my pitching staff. Just need to fill out the rest of that outfield now. Yeah, and uh, Helsley actually had the the first immaculate inning as a Cardinal since his Ringhausen in 2002. So you, one. you have one of the best bullpens, I think, out of all of us. So I think you left another reliever on the board, though, that I might might just snag. Um, but I'm going to take another starter. My next starter is going to be one whose Cardinals career maybe didn't end as glamorously as, as it has started, but I'll never forget. 2013, where he was just electric throughout the postseason. I'm taking Michael Walker as my starting pitcher. I respect um, that pick. That's a good pick. Yeah. All right. Um, so I think for my 27th pick, I'm going to also take a starter here. Um, I'm looking at Jaime Garcia as my second starting wow. pitcher. Um, I was always a fan of this guy. I loved watching him in the 2011 run. Um, and yeah, as I have high praise for him. Um, let's see. So looks like the only infield position that I have left is a shortstop. So I am going to take Johnny Peralta for the wraparound pick. Nicely done. Johnny Peralta, I feel like a lot of people forget at shortstop. Um, he was definitely very good in his time here. Um, but now that Gravy didn't take the reliever I wanted, I'm taking Trevor Rosenthal. Um, mm, Trevor Rosenthal projects a lot similar, a, a lot like Ryan Helsley. Uh, they're very similar in that aspect. They're both flamethrowers, throw very hard. Um, and I think Rosenthal is actually a little bit better than Helsley in Cardinals history, at least, because he's been doing it, or he did it for a lot longer. He's done it, he, I think he did it for like three or four seasons, and Helsley's only done it for one. So I think Rosenthal, for me at least, projects better than Helsley. Interesting. Oh my goodness. There's just not a lot of 
infield depth left. I'm really struggling here right now to put a center fielder and an infielder down. The Wong and Edmonds picks were great because those are probably the Cardinals' thinnest positions. What was Langford not your center fielder? No, I've got him in right, but I, I'll move him to center, actually. I think that's... On baseball reference, he's listed exclusively as a center fielder, so I think you have to put him there. Okay, perfect. Yeah, no, on uh, on my website, he was listed as a right fielder for the Cardinals. So okay. I think it's because he played here, especially at the end of his career in 04, right. um, where he ended up as a right fielder. But I'll, I'll play him in center. Um, that means... Let's see. I think for my left fielder, this might be a little bit of a surprise. Some people, maybe some recency bias here, but I'm going to go with Tyler O'Neill. I love his power output. I love his high ceiling. Obviously that 2021 season he had was truly one for the ages. Um, I believe that Broneal is coming back this year. I think he's going to be healthier. Um, We've seen what he's done with his off season regimen. I think he's going to be great. And so I'm going to go with Tyler O'Neill there in left field. Great defense, um, super high ceiling, very talented player. Love what he's capable of. Let's see, that leaves me missing just a right fielder and a second baseman. I am really struggling with this second base pick. Matt Carpenter's already off the table, so I can't fill him in there because he played there some early in his career. Edmonds off the table. Oh, my goodness. Sandy, I think you're forgetting one of your favorite players. No, I know one of my favorite players, um, but I don't know if I need to take him yet. I'm trying to make sure I don't need a second baseman, but I'll go with Craig. Um, as a right fielder for me, you know, if I could get 2013, Craig, I would take that season over almost any season, any Cardinals put up, um, just very clutch, uh, that risp. I love risp. That was incredible. So I'll go with Alan Craig in right field for now. All right. I only have one position left to fill because you guys let me have third base pretty early on. And I'm very happy about that one. I'm going to take my center fielder and I'm debating between two players, but the same time I think since our podcast is called Newt News we have to we have to take him off the board I'm taking Lars Newtbar as my center fielder mm-hmm. I know he projects as a right fielder for the majority of the future but this season he was very good in center when Dylan Carlson was injured I think Lars Newtbar just the charisma and just the excitement from that one player you got the pepper grinding and he's also just a great player I'm taking Lars Newtbar at 32. Yes, I, I love that pick too. Um, Got to get Lars Newbar in there for sure. Um, let's see. So for me, all I need to fill is another reliever and, of course, my catcher position. Um, for my reliever, I'm going to pick John Brevia as my 33rd pick. Um, and then, of course, for the catcher position, the only other option is going to be Mike Matheny. And you know, he, he was pretty good for us in the, in the years between 2000, 2004, before Yachty came up. So I am happy with that pick. Nicely done. I've been hinting at it this whole episode, but um, third base for me, my draft strategy was to let Sandy and Gravy take the third baseman that they wanted and to take the last one. Because in terms of Arenado, Roland, and the last, the guy I'm about to take, for me in Cardinals history, there's, it's really tough to pick one of them, and I would be happy with any of them. Um, so I'm taking David Freeze with my final pick. Um, he had the 2011 go-ahead home run. Without him, there's no chance we win that World Series. He's a hometown hero. Um, I think it has to be David Freeze at third base. Well, it looks like at second base, um, I'm going to end up with the young Brendan Donovan. 
his rookie season was really, really great. He finished top three in rookie of the year voting. Um, you know, it's always great to qualify as a finalist for one of those awards. He had a really, really strong season though overall, was worth almost five wins as a rookie, which is just awesome. He can play anywhere, so he's a great gadget player. Um, you know, he's one of those line drive hitters, lots of spray contact. And I think banding the shift is going to help him even more because, you know, he's great at going the other way, but also he can pull it. So very excited with what I've got with Brandon Donovan. And if anyone's been paying attention this offseason, he's been working with those puck knob bats, adding a lot of bat speed. Um, he's been hanging out with Nolan Arenado a lot. So hopefully that kind of rubs off, adds some power to him. So I'll go with Brendan Donovan to round out the squad. Yeah, he also won the first ever utility player gold glove. I, I would argue yes. he stole it from, from my second baseman, Tommy Edmund. Tommy but Evan, yeah, that's right. I think Donovan's ability, though, to play, yeah. what is it, six? I mean, he, and he can play a little bit of center. He's not great there. You probably wouldn't want him there, but he can play seven positions. Well, I mean, when I just look at my team, I think I have the best team because there, there's basically no one on my team that hasn't either qualified for an award or at least been an all-star. Uh, you've got several Hall of Famers, right, in Pujols, who's uh, certainly a Hall of Famer. Roland looks like he's going to get in this year. Smoltz, obviously, a little bit of a, you know, sketchy pick, but he's going to be a Hall of Famer. Uh, you've got tons of star power right there. Plenty of MVPs won across my team. Uh, besides regular Hall of Famers, we've got Cardinal Hall of Famers like Langford and Carpenter. So, um, you know, I really trust, I really believe in my squad. I think we've got the most star power of the three. Yeah, I think my team is the best because I built my team very similar to the Cardinal way, you know? building not just necessarily power hitters but also like contact hitters good defensemen um i think my first two picks with the starting battery of yadier molina and adam wainwright breaking the all-time record it's probably never going to be broken of most starts by a single battery that holds some weight um molina is obviously a first ballot hall of famer and you got both world series mvps in this lineup david Eckstein and david freeze both of them contributing so much to the to the history of st louis and the, the titles that we've won without them there is no world series win um in 2006 or 2011 um the pitching i think is also pretty good jason mott and trevor rosenthal i would hand the ball to in any situation uh assuming that they're in their primes uh with the cardinals the defense uh, the defenseman of course with uh tommy edmund gold glove winner david Eckstein is a very good defender um lars newbar has a very powerful arm as we've seen so i think with the cardinal way my team is the clear winner all right. So, and looking at my team, I really think my my pitching depth is not uh, quite in the same level as uh, Sandy and Andrew's team, but I think my lineup is just so deep down to the ninth spot. Um, I think Colton Wong would probably be my my ninth hole hitter, but um, with Goldschmidt, Arenado, Edmonds, even Tatis and uh, Johnny Peralta, Larry Walker, I just I just think my uh, my batting orders. Uh, as deep as you can get for a team like this. So I'm, I'm very happy with my, my picks. Very impressive squad. Three great teams. So I'm really excited to see, you know, who the fans pick. Is there anybody you guys were really surprised to see not drafted? Personally, I thought somebody was going to take Jack Flaherty just on that upside of his 2019 season. I was kind of surprised with Jaime Garcia over Flaherty, especially Christian. So that kind of that threw me off a little bit, but I'll take it. Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking about taking Flaherty, but um, I'm just, I've always been a huge fan of Jaime Garcia, and I feel like he deserves mm -hmm. a lot of that roster. So, um, decided to take him. I'm a little surprised that no one took uh, Skip Schumacher at second base as well. Yeah. Um, you know, he was a great guy for, for us for a long time and won the World Series with us in 2011. So, 
Yeah, I was a little surprised not to see him picked. I, I have um, oh. oh, you're good. I have I have three potential snubs. The first one is Mark McGuire. Of course, oh, yeah. we're doing the 21st century of Cardinals baseball, so it's not going to count his like record-breaking home run seasons, but still like a very influential Cardinal player in history. I'm surprised no one took Mark McGuire. Um, another one is Miles Michaelis. I think Michaelis has been a two-time All-Star now, so like that should say something. Um, mm -hmm. And he kind of just came out of nowhere, but he's been really consistent ever since he came yeah. came uh, signed with the Cardinals from Japan. And the last one is this other center fielder I was bouncing between uh, for my final pick, and that's John Jay. Um, I think John Jay uh, was a mainstay in a lot of those deep playoff runs, obviously with the 2011 World Series, and I, I'm surprised no one took John Jay. Yeah, I went back and forth in my head between John Jay um, before I decided to move Lankford to center field. I went back and forth between John Jay, Dylan Carlson maybe, um, and Harrison Bader, you know, all three, three great defensive center fielders, but none of them have truly unlocked that off that offensive potential you're looking for in one of these all teams. So I guess that's probably why John Jay wasn't drafted, you know, his lack of offensive production, but one of the best defensive center fielders the Cardinals have ever had for sure. I was also a little surprised that like utility players like Steven Piscotti and like Tommy mm -hmm. Pham, Reggie Sanders, those, those, those type of guys were not picked as well. Um, I mean, they all had great offensive prowess while they were on the Cardinals. So yeah, um, those could have been some good late round picks. Yeah, it's really tough. It's really tough to decide because there are definitely some of those one season wonders. Like for example, Sung Wan Oh, um, you know, his first season over here, he was unhittable. He had an ERA plus of 172 um, in almost 80 games. He had an ERA of 1.79. So, you know, he was almost untouchable. Um, but no one took him because he didn't really have that longevity that you're looking for in someone for one of these teams. Um, unless you're going with that recency, obviously, because Helsley could be a one hit wonder, but probably isn't. Um, so I felt okay taking him, but it was just really hard to decide, you know, between those guys who had one great season and then a lot of just mediocre time with the Cardinals, um, or the guys that had, you know, decent long careers. <laughs> Thanks so much, everyone, for joining us on this episode of the Newt News Podcast. Remember to check out Newt News Pod at Instagram, Twitter, and guess what? We're on TikTok now. We've also got YouTube shorts up. Um, there'll be more content up all the time. We're writing some pieces right now. We're doing some team profiles in the central. There's tons of exciting stuff here happening at the Newt News Podcast. Thanks for watching. Give us a like, comment, subscribe, do whatever you can. Tell your friends about us, send us around. Thank you so much. Have a great day, everybody.